0: Welcome to this episode of Energy Radio, a podcast by CEM Engineering with the goal of giving you the knowledge and the tools and the power to make decisions about your energy. Well, welcome again, Martin. Thank you for carving out time of your busy life to join us. You're welcome. Uh, Today we're going to talk about um, something that I know is near and dear to your heart, and that is um, steam plants, operating engineers. Um, and how do we operate steam plants safely um, so first, maybe talk to me. I know you 've talked a lot about hanging out with chiefs chief operating engineers and being in the you spent a lot of time in the bowels of a steam plant. Uh, talk to me a bit about you know how you view operating engineers and how they fit within a well run steam plant and how a thermal power engineering firm relates to them sure um so' already starting back in 1986, when
1: I started calling on big steam plants, I realized right away that both the operating engineers, who are often seconds, and the overall individual responsible for the plant, who's a first, um, I, it, it quickly became apparent to me how much they knew, how practical they were, um, and how really very much I needed them mm. to do engineering well. Okay. Um, so I think. For me, it's always been a bit of a mutual admiration society. Like I respect them; uh, they realize that uh, I need them, but uh, they also need me. Mm. So, um, or need us as engineers. So, um, and I also became very sensitized to this in the late '89 when, uh, at a very memorable meeting, a key power engineer uh, really wanted to undermine my authority. So that day, I took my little ring off, and oh. I've never worn it since. Because I did when I walk into a steam plant, I don't want the first or the second to think, "Oh, there comes another professional engineer." Um, I want them to think that I acknowledge their prowess, their their practical, pragmatic um, approaches, and how much they really know. Yeah. So, I I really honestly believe that we design a better power plant solution when they are involved. They they understand the long-term operating and maintenance requirements. Um,
0: Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that's what I was gonna unpack is, I mean, we as engineers come at our training from a pretty classical traditional approach, more, um, you know, theoretical in the application of theory. Um, So we have a a view of of the power plant, but the operating engineers come at it from a very hands-on and that's what I was gonna ask you is, you know, we understand, you know, all the thermodynamic laws, but they understand different things that, you know, it's the convergence of the two in in a project that really drives success, right? So even though we
1: are committed to fulfilling all relevant codes and standards and operating in accordance with them and ensuring that everything is safe, that's one thing, um, to make sure nothing blows up and nobody gets hurt. But in terms of the day-to-day challenges of keeping equipment running reliably, Uh, you know, we really need them to help to comment on what we're doing. Um, I always talk about transmitter locations and, you know, working fluids, and is it easy to operate? Is it easy to maintain? um, Because I'm thinking about them. Right. And maybe that's because I grew up in a maintenance family where, you know, I was very aware of, you know, what the mechanic, in my father's case, you know, what they were concerned with. And that, we might be on a site for 6 months or 12 months or a year but somebody's going to have to live with what we designed right. for 25 years totally so um i really have always wanted to be perceived as being humble enough that we want their input we really want to hear from them yeah 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 so that
0: we have a happy customer for 25 years cool uh, so cool. now uh, walk us through i mean every jurisdiction is different in, in the ontario jurisdiction um I mean, there's, there's different levels of operating engineers. There's a there's a governance process or a governance framework in terms of um, you know, how they hold their credentials and, and you know, different third-party governing bodies. Just give us a walk through the, the landscape of, of operating engineers.
1: Yeah, so what was the Operating Engineers Act, which has now been morphed into Ontario Regulation 219, it's been around for decades. It's very prescriptive. Uh, it, you know, it looks at what equipment is in the plant, what the capacity of the plant is, um, and it's very dogmatic thereafter. It mm. basically tells you if you have this kind of equipment, uh, if this is the power rating of that equipment, thou shalt therefore do.
0: And we, because we, we're thermal power engineers, we, we talk a lot about the steam side, but it's, it's broader than that, right? Yeah, it, it's broader than
1: that. It covers uh, hot water. It covers uh, chilled water, different kinds of refrigeration systems, I mean different kinds of compressed air systems. It even includes steam engines of all things. So cool. <laughs> uh, so, b- but the fact that it still talks about steam engines tells you that it's been around for fifty years. So, and there have not been many changes to it over many, 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 many years. So it could use a good remodel, like, yeah, like it a house.
0: It could use a uh, makeover per se yeah
1: it's it's crying out for it comes from a very top-down heavy-handed very prescriptive uh, philosophy that you know everybody has to be told in very no uncertain terms what to do and over time um, we've learned a lot about risk a lot about safety right Um, technology has really improved with respect to safety. And also, and I think that was the big driver, is that corporations have changed in terms of risk management. Hmm. Um, so much so that many Fortune 500 and international, multinational companies have almost more prescriptive safety plans than even Ontario Regulation 219 might require. Uh-huh, okay. So there's been a lot of changes in 40 years and I think the the initiative from the TSSA was to try to look at that. Right.
0: and And so there was an initiative, so, so it's a regulation as opposed to an act, um, mm-hmm. but there, so there was an initiative, I think, I don't know when it started, two or three years ago, that was intended to kind of create a rewrite of the, t- tell us a bit about that initiative and then your role in it. Yeah, so it started in uh, the spring,
1: uh, early summer of 2017. Uh, the TSSA put together a 15-person stakeholder committee from quite a broad cross-section of the industry, both operators, um, equipment suppliers in the space, um, and a few safety experts, um, and I was there on behalf of the consulting sector. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was a 15-person c- committee. We met 10 times, um, and we were asked to look at the regulation and come up with uh, changes, if
0: any were called for. Okay. So and, and and the you know the participants of this seemingly well-rounded team um are they is everybody was everybody kind of coming to the table with ideas was there you know certain asks from the group was there you know stuff that was put on the table by the chair to consider like how how did how did you move from base case to maybe any changes that are coming
1: well i i do think that uh the government uh representatives were leading us towards more of a um, risk-based approach. Um, And there was not... You know, it was a very interesting committee to be on because some people were very happy with the reg the way it was and didn't see a burning need. And yet the TSSA made quite a compelling case for the fact that there was a whole bunch of reasons that it
0: needed to be revisited. Um, So what was that... I'm reading a book right now about the NFL and inside the NFL, and they're talking about ownership meetings and how... When they were considering moving a franchise to Los Angeles, how tense those ownership meetings were! Mm-hmm. Like, what's it like in that? Was was there a lot of back and forth? Was there? Oh yes, there was a oh, l- really? lot of back and forth, and
1: cool. and the facilitators uh, did an outstanding job on behalf of the TSSA to try to. Uh, we broke out a lot into working groups. Uh, there was a sort of a well, for lack of a better word, a majority report and a minority report. No way, there really. were some people who okay, uh, but and not all the recommendations were unanimously accepted okay. so the, so the report that we came up with was very clear that we agree on the following
0: but there is not unanimous consensus on a few more okay. initiatives okay so what so so you come up with a report you have you know minority majority report um, what's the path now like is it before you know d- is there is there some concreteness that the industry can respond to? Was there some bureaucratic process that has to happen? Like, where are we now? Yeah. So
1: there's a wide range of changes being proposed to the act. Okay. Um, and it it is going through its process of like third reading, second reading. First oh. Read. That's that's just beginning now. Okay. Uh, in short, everybody will choose between two broad approaches. Two, okay. two paths. Okay. Um, so it's more of a risk-based um, approach to regulating the OE, the operating engineer sector. When you say risk-based, give me
0: the counterpoint. Like if if, it, if it's risk-based now, what was it before? Rules-based? Was it, was, it, prescri- it was strictly, you know, you're making uh,
1: steam at this pressure. You have this much installed capacity. Therefore, full stop, thou shalt do the following. Okay. Uh, without any real consideration to... Uh, the risk associated with different kinds of equipment, different kinds of plants, okay. different kinds of plants in different locations. Uh-huh. Uh, so it, it's much more uh, comprehensive now. Okay. Um, so it, there's basically two kind of paths, two, two alternate compliance paths. The first one is a, like a category-based approach where all the regulated plants, so underscore, underscore regulated. So these okay. are regulated plants. Right. They're rated based on their safety, their risk, and their attendance requirements. So it's a different, it's a different approach, but it is still it's regulated. Okay. Whereas the second path, there has more, there's more autonomy associated with it. Um, so plants can choose to develop and implement a very specific risk and safety management plan. So this is, so this is really important because the CSA has come out with this new code called process safety management, um, 67 17. Okay. So this is very, very comprehensive, um, risk-based management approach that applies really to very, very large plants in Canada. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, like, like large steam plants, oil and gas, yep, big process, big, big process
1: okay, plants, okay. big
0: steel plants.
1: Okay. Um, And those people can opt for path two. So they have to come up with a plan and then they have to uphold their own plan and they get audited pretty regularly. They have to submit their plan for approval. Okay, Everything's, it has to be vetted by the TSSA. Okay.
0: And and is this CSA uh, Z-767, like the airplane, is it, is that kind of the means by which you develop your plan under path two? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so you,
1: it's very prescriptive. So basically the TSSA is now becoming the um, the agency in Ontario implementing 767. Um, so oh, so okay. So okay. Yeah, okay. They, they have legitimate authority to implement okay. it.
0: Okay. Like, like every other CSA code, B149, uh, they become the enforcement. Okay. Yeah. They gotcha. become the enforcement. Okay. Okay. So to summarize, you have as a as a as – a, plant governed under oreg 219 you have uh, you know a choice to make path one being falling under this new still somewhat prescriptive but based on safety based on risk based on you know equipment or path two being come up with your own plan to mitigate risk submit it and act accordingly under your own plan and your own internal governance is that yeah right? and
1: it, but in short everybody will be affected like even even the guys that stay path one yes who don't who can't stomach the requirements of fulfilling path two because right it is not for the faint of heart path it, two okay uh they still will be affected because they'll have to do this uh submit everything and there's a risk score assigned okay. to them okay um so, and from that risk score will come different requirements from the TSSA. Okay. Um, so, so
0: even I'm thinking of some of the beverage companies we've served or you know, folks who have, you know, what I would call unattended plants or have, you know, a class three or four stationary engineer, low mm-hmm. volume boilers. Even folks like that who never could perhaps, uh, you know, live up to what's required under path two, they will have some new effort to go through or so something will change for that yes
1: yes they will
0: yes they'll still have to submit a
1: a scorecard so to speak or they'll be scored okay Uh, and and the attendance requirements may alter oh really yeah oh wow Um, it's it's possible okay Uh, the predictions are that there will become some unattended plants uh, but it will be primarily um, refrigeration plants okay in in our space of steam and hot water, largely unaffected.
0: Okay, okay, um, okay. So how, how, how do you see things flushing out in terms of, you know, what types of plants are going to, like, what's the upside? Maybe let's start with this. What's the upside for path two? Like, it sounds like there's a lot of, you said it's not for the faint of heart. There's a lot there. Um, you know, is there, what's the upside to somebody who's maybe a big steam plant thinking about it?
1: yeah, if we think about some of the big plants in Sarnia, for example, um, the upside to them is that what's already in place is that their own safety plans prevail so okay. that they, they won't be encumbered uh-huh. by additional TSSA requirements. If their own safety plans are accepted, okay.
0: they can then... Um, so it, is uh, it is it likely that there are folks today operating steam plants who... Have their own regs, TSSA, and they're sitting back saying, "This is you know two layers of compliance, right?" And then there's d- double the effort. There's redundant. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um,
1: it, it's basically the act or, or the regulation. Pardon me. Is moving in sync with uh, what are arguably even more stringent safety requirements for the big plants, okay, okay. where there is more risk, right? Right. Uh, the CSA um, standard. Acknowledges this okay, uh, and has a much more scientific approach to uh, a risk management okay. plan, okay. which m- many of the big petrochemical, et cetera, plants are already operating in accordance with. I see. I see. So it's okay. a bit on the path to it's a bit catch up. Yeah. Um, okay. But okay. But, you know, would many of our customers make the effort to do that it's a substantial effort okay. it reco- it's going to require more human resources okay. it's going to require more on the enforcement side with much of which is already in place for the big huge uh, process plants right. they have that in place right.
0: already right so one of the things i've heard you know in the you know rumor rumor mill for lack of a better term is that these new regs are you know trying to drive out you know, stationary engineers and dry. Mm-hmm. No, I, d- I don't you see, don't that. You don't see that, I that. I don't see that at all. Okay.
1: I I see. Like there, there is a shortage of operating engineers. Right, big, sh- big so shortage. What this does acknowledge is that um, there's going to be a little more flexibility in terms of bringing people out of school, out of community college, bringing them into the plant, um, and it's not going to be all so stringent with. You know, a fourth or a third or a second. Okay, th- there's going to be more working with what's available. Okay, um, provided they fulfill,
0: you know, what's expected under Path One. So was it's the going to th- prescriptive? Okay, and and was that shortage? Was that in, in the ten meetings that you had? This labor shortage was that in in part making its way around the table in terms uh, yes, of yes, that yeah.
1: that's that's part of it, and and also what's in part of it is that. In north of Highway Seven, for example, in central and northern Ontario, it is so hard to find, especially seconds and firsts. Right. Um, You know, biomass plants are being contemplated in the north, but they can't get firsts and seconds if it's a steam plant. Like there are there are parts of Ontario where it's very difficult to get
0: to get and keep qualified engineers. Okay. Okay. Wow. What uh, what else are there other elements to the uh, to the rag to the changes? Uh, you've very clearly walked us through Path One and Path Two. Um, anything else we should know about, about the rag as it gets rolled out?
1: Well, I think j- like what's of note is that the TSSA themselves have done some homework in the last six months, and they're predicting only a marginal shift in attendance profiles. Okay. Uh, um, most of the plants, as I said before, that could shift to the unattended category are in fact compressor plants uh, where the risk score is driven by limited population exposure and material type. Okay. Um, so only about 10% of the registered plants will experience a bit of a shift from attended to unattended. Uh, hmm. mo- and Mostly in the compression area.
0: Is there a timeline on... on uh, yeah, it's being rolled out
1: this year. Okay, and it lar- it'll it it'll largely happen this year. This year, yeah. okay, uh, okay. But I think it's 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 a positive thing. Um, there, I think the the reasons that we're encouraging that it be adopted is that, um, firstly, innovation will be encouraged. Hmm. There'll be an improvement to regulatory clarity. Um, there'll be an improvement, I think, to regulatory compliance. It it, it does address the inadequate labor supply of operating engineers. Hmm. Uh, definitely will result in a modernization of the certification system for operating engineers, and we actually think that uh, the public awareness of the role of the licensed power engineer or operating engineer will actually be elevated. Really, the perception? Yeah, we also wow. think that. Yeah, huh. So well, that's
0: good. Hmm. Uh, so what? What uh, th- those who might be listening. Um, what should they do? I mean, is there, are there fact sheets? Is TSSA raising awareness are there?
1: Yeah. On the, on the operating engineers, uh, pages on the TSSA website, uh, there's some excellent background materials. There's very excellent summaries. Okay. Uh, of course the, the report that we worked on, um, is also there, but more recently there's been some excellent summaries prepared of uh, path one, path two. You can provide feedback. I think there's still an opportunity to okay. do that. Okay. Um, but largely, it's a, it's a good thing. Now, it is a little bit consistent with, you know, it's ironic that the Liberals started this, uh-huh. uh, being concerned about keeping and attracting new companies to Ontario. Right. And now the Ford government is definitely open for business, quote-unquote. Yes. It, almost definitely this will get passed. Okay. This is, this is a, a, a definite message that you know we want you to come here right um we want you to be respectful of safety
0: um, because our approach to uh attendance and safety and operating engineers is not necessarily shared throughout all of north america absolutely example. not no many many places in the states uh have no attendance
1: requires it, at all you know the only state that's really like ontario is massachusetts okay uh, many many states require no attendance at all. Wow! I have been to big power plants, big steam plants in the states where there's 90,000 pound per hour Cleaver Brooks boilers, and there not a soul in sight. Wow! And that's weird for me because yeah. you're used to having a shift engineer there. Totally. You're used to safety being, uh, you know, a priority. So I, I think it's an excellent modernization, and I think the TSSA has done a great job kind of leading us through it uh the people who are leading the operating engineers branch are outstanding mike adams brian g i think they really got their finger on the pulse here Um, so it's it's a badly needed refresh yeah
0: yeah well thanks for taking your time to walk us through it this was excellent uh really i learned a lot (laughs) which is really my first motive uh but i think people who listen to it will learn a lot too so thanks martin you're most welcome my pleasure Uh, Thank you for listening to another episode of Energy Radio. For more information on CEM, look us up at cemeng.ca or find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. If this podcast brought you value, it would mean a great deal to us if you would share it with somebody else for whom energy is a challenge. Remember, we're all in this together as we search to manage our energy and environmental goals.